Hi, this is Edwin Crozier with the Franklin Church of Christ. Thank you for joining us as we study God's Word together and learn how to serve Him. I have a special treat for you today. One of our hardworking members of the Franklin Church, James Wood, is presenting this lesson from Leviticus chapter 13 and chapter 14. He's going to talk about infection and cleansing. So open your Bibles to Leviticus chapter 13, follow along, and learn how to cleanse the infection that we all have. To those who have not acted on their belief in the risen Savior, tonight I would like to try to open your eyes to the tutor of the law that brings us to Christ. And for those who are in the body, Tonight, I hope that this study will perhaps uh, reawaken that possibly dormant desire uh, that you should have for Bible study. And what I would like to talk about tonight is infection and cleansing. And this text that we're going to be looking at tonight is going to be from Leviticus chapters 13 and chapter 14. So if you would... Get your Bibles out and let's turn to Leviticus chapter 13 where we'll begin. Leviticus is regarded by many and has been regarded by me as a very droll book to kind of muddle through. There's a lot, of, there's a lot in Leviticus. But I hope tonight that, that that won't be the case after we get through. And what we're going to be looking at is a specific infection that was dealt with by certain laws under the Old Covenant, and make application for us today. In Leviticus chapter 13, the infection is described, and we'll start in verse 2. When a man has on the skin of his body a swelling or a scab or a bright spot, and it becomes an infection of leprosy on the skin of his body, then he shall be brought to Aaron the priest, or to one of his sons the priests. So as we, as we read through some of these, I want us to note, notice some points, some very general points about disinfection. And the first one we find here is that it's visibly noticeable. The man is, is brought to the priest, and there is a visible scar, a visible spot on an otherwise pure skin. We cannot walk around very long with this infection and not realize it. Not ourselves and not others. Because it will start, others will start to notice it in us as well. Look at verse 3. The priest shall look at the mark on the skin of the body, and if the hair in the infection has turned white, and the infection appears to be deeper than the skin of his body, it is an, an infection of leprosy. When the priest has looked at him, he shall pronounce him unclean. The second thing we notice about this infection is that it's deeper than the skin. This is not something that's superficial. It's not something that can be cleansed by simply removing the filth of the flesh. It takes a stronger cleansing. Look down at verse 7. But if the scab spreads farther on the skin after he has shown himself to the priest for his cleansing, 
He shall appear again to the priest. The priest shall look, and if the scab has spread on the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is leprosy. This is a disease that's cancerous. It spreads. It may start with something small, something that we might think was insignificant, but it can quickly consume us and engulf us in this disease. I won't patronize you with spelling out what the analogy here is. Something I, I looked up from a rare infectious disease site on leprosy. Leprosy bacteria attack the nerves in the hands and feet and cause them to become numb. They also attack the nerves around the eyes, causing the loss of the blinking reflex, which of course protects the eye and moistens the eye. The eyes become dry and infected and blindness may result as a as a, uh, what is now called, I believe, Hayden's disease. It must be a sad state indeed to become so numb that you're blind to your actions. We get this disease by spending time with others, and we spread it in the same way. And generally, in chapter 14, as the law goes on, there are two general types of infection that are described, that of the individual and that also of the house. The house comes on later in chapter 14. And that's a very interesting read, but we don't have time tonight to go into the aspect of the house being infected. So what we're going to, to stick with tonight is the infection of the individual. So what was the rule for those which were so infected. Look at Leviticus 13, starting in verse 45. It reads, As for the leper who has the infection, his clothes shall be torn, and the hair of his head shall be uncovered, and he shall cover his mustache and cry, Unclean! Unclean! He shall remain unclean all the days during which he has the infection. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. The rule for those who are infected, no contact with fellow Israelites, no mutual benefit from one another, no involvement in worship. This person is alone outside the camp of God. Who would choose such an existence? Turn with me over to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And I don't want you to miss the allegory here. We're talking about a fleshly disease. Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 5. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the Spirit is life and peace. Because the mind set on the flesh is hostile toward God. 
For it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. This is an infectious, cancerous, deadly disease that we can contract. And if we are in the flesh, if we are carnally minded, we find ourselves outside the camp of God. Look at Romans 8 and verse 12. So then, brethren, we are under obligation not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. But if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. If you are living according to the flesh, you must die. Well, was that, was that the prescription? Was a physical death the prescription for a remedy for the leprous man under the Old Testament? Let's look back in Leviticus. Let's go to Leviticus chapter 14. And let's look at what the remedy is here. Leviticus chapter 14 and verse 13. After the leprosy has been identified, and there are several other ceremonial items that take place in the first part of chapter 14, by the time we get to chapter uh, verse 13, it says, Next he, the priest, shall slaughter the male lamb in the place where they slaughter the sin offering and the burnt offering at the place of the sanctuary for the guilt offering. Like the sin offering, the guilt offering belongs to the priest. It is most holy. What's the remedy? The male lamb is to be sacrificed. And that's for our guilt offering. Remember what the guilt offering is? Look back in chapter 6 of Leviticus where the guilt offering is talked about. Leviticus 6 and verse 2. When a person sins and acts unfaithfully against the Lord. Verse 7. Then the priest shall make atonement for him before the Lord, and he will be forgiven for any one of the things which he may have done to to incur guilt. The male lamb is slaughtered, and the blood of the guilt offering is applied to the individual. Back over in Leviticus 14, verse 14, it's told how it's applied. And it's very interesting how it's applied. The priest shall then take some of the blood of the guilt offering... And the priest shall put it on the lobe of the right ear of the one to be cleansed, and on the thumb of his right hand, and on the big toe of his right foot. We find that the blood is applied to three major areas on the individual's body. First, the ear. 
Then we find it being applied to the hand. And then finally, it's applied to the foot. And I would submit for your observation here that the order of these is not inconsequential. It's first applied to the ear. Romans 10:17. if you'd like to turn there. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. We first must hear in order to be cleansed. Then it's applied to the hand. Turn with me over to James chapter 1. James chapter 1, starting in verse 22. But prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. Have you ever heard the phrase, he works with his hands? That means he's, he's good with fixing things, or he does, he does work that involves uh, what, what we might call real work. Uh, not sitting behind a desk with a computer. He's, he's fixing things, using his hands. Be a doer. Look at verse 25. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. And here's what emphasizes the significance of this order. Because in order to do, we must first know what to do. And in order to know what to do, we must have heard what the law of liberty says for us to do. And then finally, the feet. Turn with me over to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 15. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Understand, do, and walk. We have to hear the Word, act on our faith, and walk by the faith. And we figured this out starting in Leviticus. So the law has become our tutor to bring us to Christ. Galatians 3.24 and it was only a shadow of the good things to come. Hebrews 10 and verse 1. One more observation before we bring the lesson to the close. You should notice that through all of this, that the priest is the only one who could pronounce a person clean or unclean. And that has not changed for us today. Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5, starting with verse 5. So also Christ did not glorify himself so as to become a high priest, but he he who said to him, You are my son, today I have begotten you. Just as he says also in another passage, You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. 
in the days of his flesh, he offered up both prayers and supplications with a loud crying and tears to the one able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his piety. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from the things which he suffered. And having been made perfect, he became to all those who obey him the source of eternal salvation, being designated by God as a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. He has become our priest forever. And it's the source for our eternal salvation. Are you outside the camp tonight? Lepers didn't choose that existence, but we choose that today. Incidentally, as you look further in Leviticus 13, there's actually two types of individuals those who have a new and chronic form of the disease, and those who have been healed and have a recurrence of that disease. Both are handled by the blood of Christ. We've all been infected, Romans 3.23. And he stands waiting for you if you've not accepted him as your risen Savior, as your priest, as the, path, the one true pathway to salvation. He stands waiting for you. And those of us who have believed and have been baptized, do we once again find ourselves outside the camp? Or are we watching and waiting for Him to come back and reward us for our diligence here? If you're subject to the invitation tonight, we ask that you come forward while together we stand and sing. I certainly hope Brother Wood's lesson was beneficial to you today and helped you learn how to deal with the infection that infects us all. If you have more questions about sin and spiritual infection and how to have that cleansed, or if you have any questions about the Franklin Church of Christ, please give us a call at 615-794-2359. Or you can contact us through our website at www.franklinchurchofchrist.com. If somebody has given this lesson to you, let me encourage you and invite you to come to our website at www.franklinchurchofchrist.com. We have numerous outlines that you are free to download in audio and outline format. You can download those and use them in any way that you believe will help God's people and will help glorify and honor our God. May God richly bless you as you draw closer to Him. But more importantly, may you richly bless God.